Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, October 23rd. As always, you're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Kurcheski. Uh, again, just me today. Uh, no Truman on pretty much every single show. Um, it's become an anomaly to get Truman on this show or any or uh, another guest, but that's going to slowly start to come back a little bit more as we get the semesters winded down. So we have a huge show for you today, a really big show. Um, Usually, like I said, I'm recording this on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Usually what I do is Monday, I write out a whole outline uh, Monday night of everything that's going on. But there's just been so many stories going on this past uh, couple of hours, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, that we got to dive into all this. We got Derek Carr is crying on the sidelines. We got Swag Kelly getting arrested um, for trespassing after a uh, Broncos, Von Miller, Cokeen cocaine 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 themed halloween party uh which is uh, turned out to be a lie um we just got a ton of news uh and eli was traded from the giants we got mlb playoffs we have uh you know ohio state i'm going to talk about it we got some great questions and then obviously we have basketball which has been starting up and probably one of the biggest storylines so far has been the rondo and chris paul rockets lakers fight and we're going to dive into all of that and I get it. It's a mouthful to say all that. I, I didn't even mention half the stuff we're going to be talking about. Um, and it's stressful. It can be really stressful to try to keep up with all this, especially with school or work or whatever. But sit back, relax. You're in good hands. Uh, I'm here. Travis Karcheski is here to just help you to break it down so you, so- you sound at least a little bit uh, competent when talking to your coworkers about all this and, or your classmates so you know what you're talking about. So we'll start with baseball. We're going to move then to basketball, go to football, a little college football, a little pro football, get a little question and answers out of the way, um, and then we'll get you out of here. So sit back, like I said, relax, whatever you're doing. If you're driving, you're at the gym, just sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy. So we're going to start with the MLB playoffs. Uh, the Dodgers were able to wrap up the series versus the Brewers on Saturday. They beat the Brewers 5-1 to one, uh, in Game 7. Uh, that makes me happy every single time I say that because that means Truman is dead. His team is dead for another year, and I was able to hold off this attack. It's been a couple years now where I've had to hold off Truman. and uh, Well, my dad's a Wisconsin fan too. I've had to hold them off um, in different sports, whether it's baseball, basketball, you know. Because every single time they start to get a little momentum, it gets a little more nerve-wracking, but then they end up blowing it. Like when they had Wisconsin the last couple years, Wisconsin basketball, uh, you know, that was a little scary. Got a little nerve-wracking in there when they got to the championship game, but thankfully Duke and Grayson Allen and Coach K were able to wrap that up. Well, the Dodgers... Uh, Walker Bueller and the Dodgers were able to wrap it up on Saturday, completely shut the door on Truman uh, and Wisconsin sports for yet another season. I'll give it to the Brewers, though. They had a pretty solid season. Nobody expected them to be there um, going at it with the big boys, and they'll be back next year. But thankfully, we don't have to worry about that till the spring, so we can have a nice winter. But that means now we got Dodgers Red Sox World Series game set game one starts tonight at eight o'clock I believe in Fenway. Uh, it's pretty cold there. I saw the temperature. It's going to be Kershaw versus Chris Sale, which is an amazing matchup in the regular season in the playoffs, but in the regular season more so. But Kershaw has been dominant as of late. Sale is doing his thing, and it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, how these two guys stack against each other. These are the two aces, though, the two names, Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale. These, Besides maybe Scherzer, these are like the two guys you want to see. If you could 
if you could go up to any random baseball fan and say, what are the two guys you want to see pitch in a playoff game against each other? Kershaw and Sale would be brought up a couple times. And that's just amazing we get to see that. Maybe it's a little rigged. I don't know. Uh, it's one of the two largest markets besides maybe you know New York with the Yankees. Uh, Boston and Los Angeles, probably the two largest markets in baseball, are going at each other in the World Series. Um, just something to think of a little bit. I don't think it's rigged, but who knows? You never know. Uh, but that's what I want to talk about with that because, again, game one. Prediction, I think Sox win in six. I think the Red Sox are a much more talented team in terms of depth. Um, the The Dodgers have some young pitchers, some young pretty good pitchers, and some young good hitters, but they're a little bit too inconsistent for me, and the Red Sox have just been dominant. I think the Astros and the Red Sox were the two best teams in this whole thing, Um, and now since the Astros are done, uh, I think it's the Red Sox. So I'm going to go Red Sox in six. I think the Dodgers will steal a couple games here, maybe a game one. Maybe they'll steal game one uh, if Kershaw kind of screws up, but we'll see what happens. Uh, a couple other little things in baseball I want to talk about. Uh, some manager managerial hires uh, for uh, the baseball world, MLB. Uh, Brad Osmus was hired by the Angels. Um, you know, I know Brad Osmus a little bit more just because he was from 2014 to 2017. He was the Tigers manager. He had about an under, a little bit under a 500 record, so not great, a little shaky. Um He's been spending the last year with the Angels in their uh, front office doing some certain stuff because he's just a really great baseball mind, and I knew he would get another job. And I think he deserves another job, and I think this is a good place, uh, good manager managerial hire for Mike Trout. Um, Trout has Sosha for the last couple of years, and he did a fine job there. But again, it looked, looked like the baseball kind of passed him by a little bit, and he wasn't getting enough wins out of this talent that they have there. They have Mike Trout, who is arguably going to be one of the best, if not the best, baseball players of all time. And they just aren't a winning team, and that makes no sense. Uh, Maybe it's the front office, I don't know. But hopefully they can turn it around, because definitely we want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs. Sorry. Next thing, David Bell was hired as the Reds' manager. Uh, The Reds, um, they're still rough. They're still trying to come back. They're still rebuilding. They're still trying to be the best team that they can be. Um, and they have some pretty, they have a pretty good amount of young talent. I mean, you got a good mix of young and old, I guess, with Vado. But then you got guys like, you know, uh, uh, what's their shortstop? Well, that's Scooter Jeanette. Uh, why can't I remember the shortstop's name? Uh, I don't know. They they have a pretty decent lineup in terms of hitting. The pitching's rough, and they just need to get some more pitching. They got some good starts out of Harvey, uh, but I think they need some pitching. But David Bell's a pretty solid hire. He's a baseball guy. He spent the last four years with the Cardinals. He spent four years with the Reds in the minor leagues. Um, David Bell used to play baseball. I think he retired in 06, I believe. Um, He was an outfielder. He played, I think, 12 to 13 years in the MLB. Uh, A little wrong on that, but uh, I might be wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure... It was a pretty decent amount of time spent in the MLB. So, you know, it's a really good, it's a solid baseball hire, um, both of these moves. And we'll see what happens as we go forward. Next, I wanted to talk about basketball. We're going to move on from baseball. Like I said, we got the World Series. We're going to talk a lot more about it um, on Thursday's show when we'll have a little bit more of a, you know, a, Something to work off of now instead of just no games. We'll have a couple games under our belt. Uh, so we're going to go down to basketball where Saturday night it was a war, a, uh, a rumble. 
in uh, Los Angeles. So the the Rockets versus the Lakers. Uh, and then apparently, what happened was I think James Harden made a shot or missed the shot, um, and he missed the layup, I believe. And uh, Brandon Ingram was guarding him. As most NBA players do, because the league is kind of soft, as soon as they miss the shot, he gets up and he complains. Brandon Ingram didn't like that, so what did he do? He pushed Harden pretty pretty hard, I would say. If you watch the video, he pushed him pretty hard, and uh, you know, and next thing you know, the whole te- all the teams kind of get up in each other's face. Chris Paul started to get in Rondo's face a little bit, um, and apparently, according to Chris Paul, uh, Rondo spit in his face, which, as you know, spitting in someone's face is probably the most disrespectful thing you can do to anybody, um, especially two guys, especially two NBA players who, you know, worked really hard to get there. You know, the NBA is full of a lot of big personalities. So spitting in someone's face, disrespecting them like that is something that's not going to go over well, and it's clear it didn't. Because um, then Chris Paul put his hand into Rondo's face, pushed him a little bit in the face, and then turned around, Rondo punched Chris Paul right in the face. Brandon Ingram started to get in there a little bit. Carmelo was talking that ish. Uh, some of the fans were talking crap. And it was just a giant mess, shit show type of thing. But um, it ended up, Brandon Ingram got suspended four games, Rondo got suspended three games, and Chris Paul got suspended two games. Chris Paul is really the only suspension I agree with. Um, I think Rondo, he, he threw a full-on punch, same with Ingram. I think Rondo should have gotten maybe six to seven games. I mean, that was a pretty solid punch. Ingram is all right, I agree with that, but I think Rondo should have gotten a little more. Um, and I guess this is all because, you know, the Lakers... They're struggling right now. They're 0-3, uh, and it's just a lot of personalities, a lot of big personalities under one roof, and that's just the fallout you're going to get from that. Um, but I guess that's a pretty good transition to our next thing we want to talk about with basketball, which is some of our overreactions. So if you go to like some of the bigger media, sports media companies, you know, I, I don't really know if I can name them, but you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, some of the bigger ones or some of the bigger news articles, whatever. It's early on. We're only a week through the season, and some people are already starting to overreact a little bit to some teams. There's some overreactions, I think, and then there's some non-overreactions uh, that we can talk about here. So an overreaction is what we're going to talk about is basically when a team struggles or starts slow or maybe starts too fast, and then people start to say, "Oh, well, maybe they're not as good as we think. Maybe they, they're maybe they're just a bad team. Maybe they won't, they won't even make the playoffs." So those two teams in that category are the Lakers and the Thunder's. Both of them haven't won a game yet. Uh, both 0 and 3, I believe. Um, this is an overreaction. Russell Westbrook. We'll start with the Thunder. Russell Westbrook hasn't. He played his first game the other night. He hasn't had a chance yet to really uh, get it going a little bit more. Uh, so he's. That's going to take a little bit, but I think we'll turn that around. There's a lot. There's too much talent there, and there's too much talent in Los Angeles for both of these teams to struggle. Uh, if there's one team that I would say between these two that I could see these troubles continuing, it's the Lakers, just because there's so many big personalities. Um, There's such a weird mix of guys here. You got a bunch of older kind of character guys, Stevenson, Rondo, McGee, guys who have been in the league for a long time and who've had their own problems in their separate teams. Now that they're combined together, that's kind of a 
mishmash or thinks they're talented, but I don't know if it's going to work out uh, in terms of personality. And then you got a lot of young, impressionable players like Lonzo Ball, Kuzman, Josh Hart, Ingram. You know, you got guys like these who look up to these veterans to kind of lead them. And the main leader in the club clubhouse is LeBron James. And LeBron, you know, he's a good basketball player, but he isn't the best at bringing together locker rooms. I think the reason why the Cavs won the championship when uh, LeBron was there is because they had guys like Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye who really helped to bring, they brought sort of a relief to that locker room. It wasn't so serious. Um, and they were able to, you know, relax a little bit, the guys in the locker room. Because LeBron, I think, tries but sometimes he comes off as a little cold and a little mean, and young guys don't take kindly to that, and especially older guys too, because you know older guys have been in the league for a long time, um, and they know what they like. They're not going to sit there and take crap from somebody, uh, even though it is LeBron. You know, you got a guy like JaVel McGee is not going to sit there and listen to LeBron because JaVel McGee's won three championships uh, in the past couple of years. You know, he doesn't have to really talk to LeBron and listen to him, uh, even though it would be in their best interest. And then you got a coach like Luke Walden, who isn't a, uh, you know, a strong personality. Somebody who's going to come in there and kind of shut LeBron, not shut LeBron down, but sort of curb LeBron's behavior and kind of bring everybody together. So there's a big mismatch of personalities. Um, and I think fans were worried about it, but I think uh, we'll see as the season goes. They'll get better. They'll have a couple good games here, uh, and they'll, they'll start to get better. So don't overreact to the Lakers or the Thunder yet. It's just not – it's too early in the season to overreact to something like this. A couple teams and, and a player I have that you shouldn't overreact. Uh, I'm going to start with the player, Nicole Miritich, for the Pelicans. He's averaging 33 points a game right now. That's insane. Uh, I think he's – Top five in the league in points per game. Um, I get it; it's early, but this is interesting now that there's no uh, Demarcus Cousins there. They're looking for that kind of second guy, this third guy, I guess, with Drew Holiday being the second. They're looking for somebody to step up, and right now it's Miritich. Julius Randle's playing well too, but Miritich is somebody who I really liked with the Bulls uh, when he got in a fight with Bobby Portis. That was a little weird, a little strange. Um, and they got him out of there, and I think he's going to thrive in the Pel with the Pelicans, and he's doing it right now, as you can see, averaging 33 points a game. Over It's only over three games or four games, I believe, but it's still, it's not a uh, not something I would uh, say is a overreaction or something that's just going to slow down. I think Miritich is going to keep it up for most of the season. Toronto is 3-0, and and so is Denver. I don't think these are overreactions. I think Denver's a very good team. I think Toronto's a very good team. I think Kawhi Leonard has shown that he is not a, uh, he's not past his prime. He's not worse off than he was a couple years ago. He's still a dominant player in the game today. Danny Green was a huge addition. I was watching some of the game versus Celtics on Friday, I believe, um, and he was hitting a bunch of shots, and that was a huge addition for them, kind of a quiet addition uh, because DeRozan and uh, Kawhi Leonard kind of took up most of that. But Danny Green's a really good veteran, really good solid bench player, and I'm very happy that he is uh, finding his own there in Toronto. In Denver, they're only going to get better. They're getting Isaiah Thomas back. That's just going to help them out a lot when he comes off the bench. He's just going to provide instant scoring. Hopefully it won't. He'll, he'll kind of know his role. Hopefully he realizes that he's not the leader that he was with the Celtics at Denver. You know, he just doesn't need to be because they have a lot of other strong guys in that locker room. Um, so those are the teams I wouldn't really overreact about, Toronto or Denver. I think those are solid bets to continue to compete all year for playoff seeds. 
But that's it for basketball. That's it for baseball. We got to talk about football because it's insane right now. Um, we're going to talk all about everything that's going on right now. The trade deadline is October 30th. So we're going to talk about that. But before that, I always got to remind you guys about my guy at these home cuts, Dominic Drockton. Uh, he is the owner, the creator, the runner, the stylist. Uh, of these home cuts, the one and only these home cuts. We talk about it every single show, guys. Seven dollars. That's it. Seven dollars. You can count that on your fingers. Any guy can get a haircut with a with, can get a great modern haircut and styling. Truman and I and about 95% of our guests have gotten their haircut uh, at Dom's and at these home cuts. And let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. Uh, every guy around Medina, Ohio. Medina, Ohio is becoming kind of, Northeast Ohio really, is becoming kind of the hot spot um, lately because of so many guys walking around with these home cuts haircuts. Uh, let me tell you, every time you're going to go in the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. They get better every single time because Dom is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut and best haircut experience possible. Tell me one haircut place where you can sit down and play video games while you're getting your haircut. Tell me one haircut place where you can sit down and get a nice beverage refreshment. So tell me one haircut place where you can get a t-shirt. Tell me one haircut place where you can sit down and listen to some great music and at the end of the day, only shell out $7. Tell me because you won't be able to because there's no such thing existing in the world today if you can find these home cuts on twitter or instagram at these home cuts set up an appointment directly in his bio or send him a dm asking questions tell him travis sent you tell him tnt sports talk sent you trust me you will not be disappointed these home cuts professional haircuts at a low price nfl week seven uh packers were on a buy so i was able to watch a little bit more of a variety of games this week uh We'll start with Thursday night's game, Denver at Arizona. Denver had won 45-10, to 10, uh, killing Arizona. Josh Rosen looked like he just got dragged up and down the field all day, all day long, night, I guess. It was just a mess. The Broncos, I think, were pissed over the last couple of games, and I think they took out their anger on poor Josh Rosen. Uh, I called them out. I said this would be a, a really good opportunity for Josh to really – uh, show everybody that he is one of the best quarterbacks in this class, that he is the best rookie quarterback, but he didn't do that. His offensive line gave him no help, uh, and it was just a murder from the beginning, and uh, I feel bad for Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals because we'll talk about it in a minute, but now Patrick Peterson wants out, uh, so they're they're losing players left and right, and they're, they're bleeding right now. Denver is too in their own way, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Tennessee at the Chargers. This game was in London. I totally forgot it was in London until uh, I was talking about it during the show last week. Uh, the Chargers won twenty to nineteen after Mike Vrabel decided to not go for to not kick the extra point on the winning winning I guess you could say touchdown tying touchdown. Um, he decided to go for two, go for the win, and they missed. Um, which I don't hate the move. It's not it's not a. Uh, Obviously, you hate it now if you're a Titans fan because you missed it. But if you would have made it, everyone would be praising Mike Vrabel for going for it. It's not a bad move to go for it, I would say. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out. I would have ran maybe a little bit of different play call. I don't. I think I would have rolled him to the right a little bit because Mariota is not comfortable really in the pocket. I think he's best when he's out of the pocket running around. Um, so I probably would have done that instead. But uh, you know, I would have. I think I would have gone for it. I think I would have kicked the field goal actually. Um, but going for it and going for two is not a terrible move. Next game, we're going to Sunday, finally, past the 9 a.m. game. New England at Chicago. 
38-31, New England got the win. And just showed us time and time again why Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Why the Bears will always be a step behind Aaron Rodgers. Because last play of the game, Trubisky threw that Hail Mary. Kevin White came from the grave and caught it, but was unable to get into the end zone. Uh, and he was tackled, I think, on the one or two yard line, pushed back. I felt bad for the Bears because I know they want to be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers so badly. And I know if they would have completed that, they would have started to talk about it a little bit more. But... It's just not going to happen. It's not in the cards. Aaron Rodgers owns the Hail Mary game. Nobody else can do it as good as he can, and that's why the Bears will always be a step behind him. Trubisky's a pretty decent runner, though. I'll give him that. He's actually pretty fast. Um, one of the best, I would say, running quarterbacks in the NFL right now uh, behind a couple guys like Cam Newton and stuff like that. But he's really probably one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. He's just got to get that arm a little bit going, a little bit healthier, a little stronger so he can get it to the end zone next time. Buffalo and Indianapolis. Buffalo won. Buffalo lost. Sorry, thirty-seven to five. The Derek Anderson experiment really didn't work out. As Andrew Luck now goes in first place in the NFL in passing touchdowns with twenty. Buffalo looked pretty shitty from the start. Uh, first play of the game, Lashawn McCoy got a run to the left and got tackled and hurt his head. I believe he got a concussion. I believe and was out for the rest of the game. Um, so that hurt them a lot. Because um, I bet you they were going to rely really heavily on the running game. Because when you got a guy like Lashawn McCoy, you kind of have to. Um, Derek Anderson looked kind of lost. Threw a couple picks. It was just a mess. Um, Buffalo's a mess. They're another team that's bleeding out. Houston and Jacksonville. Houston won 20-7. Kind of surprising. Jacksonville's been struggling as of late. Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins were going back and forth all day. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins got the better of him a little bit, though. Uh because he caught a touchdown and a couple other pretty key passes. In this game, though, they decided to go ahead and bench Blake Bortles for Cody Kessler, um, which at the time I don't think was a terrible move. I really like Blake Bortles. I think he's a really good quarterback, and I wouldn't have benched him. But when you you think he fumbled the ball three times, uh, it's time to make a little bit of a switch and go with Kessler. Uh, I guess you could argue that i would have kept bortles in though because i think bortles gives you the best opportunity to win at quarterback because i think blake bortles is a little over underrated detroit and miami detroit won 32 to 21 brock osweiler couldn't get the win although he played well i know they lost but brock osweiler actually made some pretty good throws the throw to danny danny amandola in the end zone was one of the best throws i've seen all year uh and that was danny amandola's first touchdown catch for the uh dolphins so i mean yeah, they lost, but Detroit, I think, is a pretty good team. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in our question and answer. Minnesota and the Jets. Minnesota won 37-17. Minnesota is coming back a little bit. Uh, the Jets aren't ready to beat a team like uh, Minnesota, so uh, it was kind of a demolishing. Carolina and Philadelphia. Carolina won 21-17. A great game. This was the game I watched uh Carolina was down 17 nothing at the start of the fourth, and they came back and won. Uh, not a good look for uh, the Eagles and Doug Peterson. Uh, everyone thought they got kind of back on track last week, but it kind of looks like they fell off again. Um, they just, I think they're just going through a Super Bowl hangover. Everyone expected it. Uh, I wouldn't make any crazy changes. They still got a good defense. They still got a good offense. They just got to start to put it together a little bit more. Um Cleveland and Tampa. Tampa Bay won 26-23 uh, in overtime. That's Cleveland's fourth overtime game, I believe. Uh, they got to go one more, and they will tie, I think, the record for most overtime games in a season. And we're not even halfway through the season yet. So shout-out Cleveland fans. Uh, 
I don't know what's going on with Cleveland. This offense is pretty bad. The defense is really good. This offense just isn't there yet. They aren't on par with the defense's skill. Um, would I switch things up? Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't have hired Todd Haley. I don't think Todd Haley, I think he's past his prime in terms of offensive coordinating and calling plays. I don't think Hugh Jackson could do it either. I think they need a younger guy. But uh, I don't know what I, would, what I would do here. Baker struggles a little bit. Um, would, it, would it have made sense to sit Baker the whole year? Yeah. Would it make sense now to go back to Tyrod Taylor? No, because once you start Baker, you can't bench him because then that just destroys his confidence. Uh, New Orleans versus Baltimore. New Orleans won 24-23 on a lucky game. Uh, these are two really good teams. And even though the Saints won because Justin Tucker, who has never missed an extra point in his entire career, missed one to tie the game up, which was crazy. Um I'm not going to say Baltimore's bad. I think Baltimore's still a really good team. That defense is really, really scary. Um, but New Orleans have won five straight now. They're 5-1, and one, and they just keep getting better, it seems, week after week. Shout out Drew Brees through his 500th touchdown to Ben Watson. Next game, Dallas and Washington. Dallas won. Uh, I mean, Washington won. Sorry, 20-17. to 17. Dallas can st- continues to struggle uh, offensively. Dak Prescott continues to struggle, um, but he's an average quarterback. Like I said last week, he won't go out there and wow you. He's just going to do the job that you need him to do. Uh, he might do it poorly. He might do it you know, decently. He might just do it averagely, but averagely, that's even a word. But Dak Prescott, again, I don't think he lost this game, but he didn't help. Uh Sorry about that. Next game, the Rams versus the 49ers. The Rams won 39-10, a straight-up demolishing of the 49ers. Uh, not a good look for the Packers who have to play the uh, Rams next week. Um, well, this week, I guess you could say. Uh, but we're coming for that ass. But still, the Rams looked really good. Showed us again why they are the best team in the NFL. Uh, Cincinnati versus Kansas City. Kansas City won 45-10, to showing us that they do actually have a pretty decent defense because uh, everybody thought this team is all offense, which is a fair thought because they kind of, you know, were at first. But Pat Mahomes showed up again in primetime and impressed uh, all of us. Uh, Pat Mahomes has just been absolutely insane this entire year. Uh, Mahomes went 28-30-39, uh, for 30, 39. Four, 358 yards, four passing touchdowns. He is a beast. Everybody knows it. Um, and Andy Dalton struggled a little bit. Next game, last night's game, the Jets versus the, the Falcons. The Falcons won 23-20. Uh, that brings the Falcons now to 3-4. and four. The injury-ridden Falcons are 3-4 and four with the 1-6 Giants now. Uh, the Giants are bleeding. They're another team. It's just They just need to hang it up. Uh, they're just bleeding pretty profusely right now um i don't know where you go from here but uh i don't know I mean, they're starting to make moves we'll talk about that in about a second here uh but next i wanted to talk about uh amari cooper so amari cooper my guy amari cooper was traded to the cowboys for a first round pick uh he has been kind of had an up and down career he's been to two pro bowls he's only 24 years old he's the same age as calvin ridley which is pretty surprising uh because calvin ridley is a rookie um he's really young but uh the last couple of years last couple of weeks he's just been inconsistent and i don't know if that's due to uh Derek carr struggling or what but uh he's just been struggling as of late uh i'm not gonna blame put all the blame on him um although he hasn't helped uh, the Cowboys traded for him for a first-round pick. I think that's a little bit too much to give up for Amari Cooper. I get it. He's young, 
but it's just a high risk. And now the Raiders have three first-round picks in the next upcoming draft. So we know where Gruden's trying to go. He wants to get younger. He wants his guys. He's got a 10-year contract, so he's just going to draft his guys. And by the time that 10-year contract is up, if he stays all 10 years, he'll have a room full of his guys, uh, not guys other teams have drafted, other guys have drafted. But just stupid, I think, because... I think he's slowly destroying Derek Carr's career. He's trying to trade Derek Carr now, I guess. And he's just getting rid of all the young talent that was brought in before him um, and trying to replace it with other guys. But like I said, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, Derek Carr, chances are all three of those guys, two out of three are already gone. Chances are all three of those guys will be gone here soon. And that's just destroying Everything that was built before John Gruden got there. That's just destroying why the Raiders were such a good team in 2016. Um, and that hurts a lot. So I don't really know where the Raiders go from here. But the Cowboys, they got their number one receiver. I don't know why they wouldn't just sign Des back instead of trading for a first-round pick for a wide receiver. But, you know, Amari's younger. I think he's going to be a little bit better than Des. Uh, than Des would be if you brought him in now. But who knows. Next person I want to talk about is Patrick Peterson. Uh, I guess he wants out of Arizona. Uh, Patrick Peterson, the corner from Arizona. Seven years in the league, seven Pro Bowls. Um, the best defensive player, the best player um, for the Cardinals. I guess you could say Chandler Jones, but I think Patrick Peterson's way better. Um, the Saints, I guess, are the front runners. Arizona, I guess, wants a King's ransom for him. That's what some of the reports are saying. Not really sure what that means, but obviously first-round picks up and down the board. Will he command what Khalil Mack commanded? I don't think he should. Will he? Maybe. Um, obviously, now that the Saints traded for uh, Eli Apple, which we'll talk about in a second, I don't believe the Saints will be going after him anymore because uh, they don't have a, a, uh, any more picks really to give up. The Saints probably really wanted Patrick Peterson, but they don't have the capital to uh, get Patrick Peterson uh, on their team. Uh, so where does he go now? I don't know. I mean... A lot of teams could use corner help. Um, Arizona, like I said, they want a lot. Apparently, they're pretty against trading him. Steve Wilkes is against trading him, which makes sense because he is such a dominant player. But who knows what we're going to do from there. Eli Apple, like I said, he was traded to the Saints for a fourth-round pick. Um, this is a really good move for both teams and for Eli Apple. Let's start with the Giants. Eli Apple was coming out of Ohio State, first-round pick corner. Uh, he was really good his rookie year. He really showed out, but then slowly, you know, he had some problems with Landon Collins. Landon Collins called him a cancer. Uh, lack of effort was shown on tape, and he was just slowly falling apart um, in most of the fans' eyes there in, for the Giants. So getting him out is going to help them because now they got him away from their team uh, and let the locker room kind of breathe a little bit because there always was still a little bit of tension between Collins and Apple. As far as Apple goes, I think a fresh start is just going to help him. He's really talented, and he just needs a fresh start. Um, go to a locker room full of guys who really don't hate him. And going to the Saints, which is huge, because now Eli Apple goes to, to a locker room that has you know uh, Michael Thomas, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Von Bell, a uh, couple other guys are slipping my, my mind right now. Ted Ginn's there. You know, it's... Strange as it may sound, have a lot of Ohio State guys there, which is where Eli went to went to college, is going to help because those guys have been around him a long time. That's where he was successful at Ohio State, and to be around his guys is going to help. 
I don't believe the Giants really have anybody from Ohio State. And I know it sounds crazy. I know it's weird. You know, why would just a locker room full of your former college teammates help you? But it is because those guys, you know, they're close. Ohio State's a pretty special bond. And I think it's just going to help them out immensely, uh, help him out immensely. And then again, the Saints are getting a pretty young, first-round talented corner who's shown flashes and just needs to uh, – progress a little bit and now and then eventually they'll have you know Lattimore and Eli Apple on the outside which is pretty deadly in college and it could be deadly in the NFL as well if they put it together a little bit Chad Kelly my guy Chad Chad Swag Kelly uh Mr. Irrelevant a couple years ago backup quarterback for the Broncos was arrested on uh Saturday night I believe uh the reports came out today about 45 minutes ago they started to come out Apparently, he walked in somebody's house uh, after a Halloween, a team Halloween party, Von Miller's Halloween party. He was dressed up as a cowboy. He walked into somebody's house drunk, um, sat on their couch, and then the people came into the living room, freaked out, and started to beat him with a uh, with a vacuum tube, uh, aluminum vacuum tube, which has got to hurt like a son of a gun. Uh, so... Where do you go from here? Uh, obviously, the Von Miller party, which everyone was saying was a cocaine party. Uh, that's where TMZ released a report saying it was a cocaine party, which just because one guy was dressed up like a Dave Chappelle character, everyone said it was a cocaine party. But it was just a regular Halloween party. But it is a little concerning because Chad Kelly's had some substance abuse problems going back all the way to his old Miss days. Um, and that's why I think he fell so far in the draft. But uh, I don't think this is going to hurt them that much. I think it's just a, you know, it's concerning because it's Chad Kelly, I guess, a little bit. But again, it's just a mistake. Uh, I think they'll suspend him maybe for a couple weeks. I don't think it's this is a cuttable offense. But maybe, you know, John Elway doesn't want to play around and maybe he just gets rid of him. You never know. Uh, Derek Carr, we talked about the Raiders a little bit earlier. Um, I guess it's, they're pretty open that they wanted to trade him. Um and there was a report, a story released this morning, which I read, that stated that uh, the Raiders' teammates don't respect Derek Carr because apparently uh, during the Seattle game in London, there's film where it shows that Derek Carr was crying on the sidelines because he got hit. Uh, Derek Carr has come out and said he wasn't crying, which is pretty funny to have to tweet that you're not crying um, and that the story was just straight up a lie. Um, but I do believe... The Raiders locker room is ready to move. I don't think, no, I take that back. I think John Gruden's ready to move on from Derek Carr. I don't think the Raiders locker room is. I think the Raiders locker room respects Derek Carr. Um, you know, he gave them the, them he gave them his all. Um, I think Derek Carr has been a pretty different since 2016 in terms of when he broke his leg. I think he's been a little bit more um, uh, aware of getting hit. I don't think he wants to get hit. I don't think he's ready to get hit as much as he was in 2016 his mvp caliber season um so i don't i don't think they respect him in that way but uh he is still a good quarterback he's a young quarterback he's a great guy um and he's i think he's respected in that locker room and i don't think a couple tears if they were weren't shed uh, i don't think that's gonna matter um Kawan Alexander, this is the last thing I want to talk about the NFL. Uh Kawan Alexander, Pro Bowl linebacker for the Buccaneers, tore his ACL. Um which sucks because he's only 24 years old. He'll be a free agent in the spring. Uh, Tampa Bay was working on a pretty sizable contract extension for him because he is one of the youngest, uh, most talented players in the NFL. Um, so I'm sad that he tore his ACL. He had a pretty good game too up to the point where he tore his ACL. That sucks. Uh, we wish Kawan a speedy 
uh, recovery, and hopefully he'll be back to form pretty soon. Uh, that's it for the NFL. I want. I know there's a lot of stories, a lot to sort out, uh, but we will again talk about it. Give a couple more updates on Thursday, especially with the Chad Kelly story, which I think we'll get a couple more updates uh, between now and Thursday's show. Uh, we'll go to NCAA week week eight college football. Um, a couple games I wanted to talk about. We'll just rip off the Band-Aid, Ohio State versus Purdue. Purdue won 49-20, beating Ohio State pretty severely by uh, 19 points. It was an ugly game from the start. Uh, Ohio State, this was a game I was nervous about because playing in the primetime games like this versus a team you should beat uh, scares me as an Ohio State fan because we always lose one of these games every single year. That being said, we're not out of it. Uh, If we beat... Michigan and Michigan State and win the Big Ten, they can't keep us out because they kept us out last year um, with a uh, with two losses. So this year, hopefully, they won't keep us out uh, if we do. we I think we still control our own destiny there. Um, but again, Urban Meyer's got to stop losing these stupid games. I've, I don't understand why we lose to Purdue, Virginia Tech, uh, Iowa, these stupid games we should absolutely roll teams, and we just can't do it, and it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan won 21-7. This is a pretty big rival game. Michigan uh, stomping Devin Bush, stomping over the logo, which didn't do anything because Michigan State's uh, facility staff or whatever came out and fixed it right away. Uh, So screw Devin Bush. Um, Michigan, they they still have to play Ohio State, and they still have a loss, so they don't scare me at all. NC State and Clemson. Clemson won 41-7. Pretty bad showing by the Wolfpack there. I thought Ryan Finley would play a lot better than he did, but he didn't. And uh, that's why I think Clemson is a pretty good team. Are they a playoff team? I'm not so sure yet. Probably, but uh, we'll see in a couple of weeks here. Washington State and Oregon. Washington State won 34-20. Justin Herbert didn't show out that well. Uh, He played decently. Apparently, he's not so sure he wants to come out of the draft this year, which would be big news uh, because I think the Giants would love to have uh, Justin Herbert on their team. Washington State, though, has been a pretty good team so far this year. Uh, they're, They're ranked they were ranked 25 coming into this game. I'm not sure what they are now, but they are still a pretty decent team um, to watch for. So other than that, that's all I wanted to wrap up with football. I know there was a lot. Like I said, on Thursday, we should get a lot more updates on a lot of these stories. Um, but we're going to move now to some question and answer. But before that, so we talk about my guy Dom at these Home Cuts, which you should check out on Instagram at these Home Cuts. But we also got to talk about my guy Andrew at A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, Andrew and the A's Lawn Service crew have been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio by at a low and fair price. A's, A's Lawn Service constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Like I said, stop being tired, stop being tired and stressed out by all these bigger landscaping companies who just jack up the price and do half-ass work. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Uh, they always strive to put the best work in possible, and they are always the best at it. Um, like I said, turn to A's, and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. Don't screw yourself. Don't waste your time. Turn to A's Lawn Service, and your lawn and your home will never look better. So we're going to move now to question and answer, but before that, uh, I want to uh, 
couple updates I, I had I got there while we we're doing the show I guess Derek Barnett uh, the talented young defensive pass rusher for the Eagles is going to be out for the season uh, shoulder inch surgery I believe um, and then with Chad Kelly we had a little bit of an update like I said it's three o'clock now we're just gonna be getting these updates all night so again we're gonna be behind the eight ball but we're gonna try to stay ahead of it as much as we can I guess John Elway is extremely angry at Chad Kelly and I guess a source inside the locker room says that every option is on the table including release so maybe I was wrong um, maybe it is a pretty big problem maybe Chad Kelly will be released which just sucks because he has put his life together a little bit and I'd hate to see it ruined uh, even though he did make another mistake uh, and this is a couple times he's made these mistakes so we're going to move now to question and answer. Some One of the first questions we got was, what are some of these NBA rookies that you're most excited about so far early on in the season? And it's too early, like I said, to really uh, get into this uh, with uh, guys that I like because, like I said, it's too early. We're only a week into the season, not even. Um, I like Donkick so far. looks solid. So does Trey Young. Trey Young had 35 points against the Cavs the other day. Aiton has been the rookie of the year so far. Every night he's just been dominant. I don't think that's changed. Bamba's been a little bit uh, kind of a bust for me. A little bit. Again, it's, I'm not even putting the bust label around him. I'm, I'm pissed that I even said the B word. Um, but Because it's going to take a little bit, I think, for guys to put it together. Because they're still getting used to playing in the NBA. Because we're only through you know, a couple games. We're only through three, four games. So hold the phone on that a little bit. Uh, next question, is it time for Hugh Jackson to be fired? Yes, I think so. I think it's time to move on. Uh, I think you'd go with an in-house option. If, if I were the Browns, I'd do something different. But obviously, with an interim head coach, you're going to want to go with somebody in-house. So I think it would be Todd Haley. Because uh, he does also have experience head coaching. Um, but I think it is time for Hugh to be gone. Uh, I think it's time to get somebody in there, a younger, more uh, Sean McVay, Matt Nagy type of person. Um Lincoln Riley's a name that's been thrown around heavily uh, around Browns fans, especially around Northeast Ohio, because of the Baker Mayfield connection. Would it, it would he come out if he could? I would take him. Uh, I would take him obviously to be my head coach. But again, I'd throw a little caution there. I wouldn't be so quick to uh, say I want Lincoln Riley so just yet. You know, I think I would take a little bit because he is a college coach. He's the 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 jump from college to NFL is pretty difficult you know we've seen some guys succeed and we've seen some guys fail so just be aware of that but yeah i think hugh jackson's time in cleveland has run its course and i think it's time for him to to move on uh next question we got what are some of the greatest three-pointer celebrations uh of all time uh we're we could dive into this i think i really want to do a full sort of segment about this with guests because i think it's kind of boring just me talking about it but obviously i think mellow's three-pointer to the head uh the three eyes i don't really know who started it when they put up the the little circle around your eyes uh jason terry's jet is pretty cool wesley matthews arrow bone arrow J.R. smith when he got to his knees with the new york knicks was cool so there's a ton of them i really want to get into this more later though um and i want more people to send me stuff on twitter before i can really dive into this but uh, I think uh, I want to uh, do more of a segment about this later, at a later time. Next question we got, what are you, what's your sleeper team so far in the NFL? For me, it's the Detroit Lions. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you can throw the Saints in here too. The Saints are 5-1, and one, but people still kind of view them as sucky just because they lost to the, 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 to the uh, Fitzmagic-led Buccaneers week one, and then they almost lost to the Browns. But they're 5-1, they're and, and they're doing just fine. 
But I think another team like that is the Detroit Lions. Detroit's 3-3. Three and three. Um, Everybody thinks they suck. They lost to the Jets uh, week one, and then they lost to the 49ers week two. Uh, and then they lost to the Cowboys, I think, week four. But they have beaten the Patriots, they've beaten the Packers, and they've beaten the Dolphins. Um, this running game is getting better each and every single week. on Johnson has come into his own a little bit. Um, and I think they are playing at a pretty high level right now. Um, but again, the, the Lions always do this, so that's why I would exercise caution before I would say, you know, they're a playoff caliber team. So, uh, that's all we got today. Looking now, that's all I have. But I want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, shout out to those guys. Again, A's Lawn Service, 330-241-2392. D's Home Cuts, at D's Home Cuts on Instagram. Hit them up in the DMs. Check those companies out, guys. They're great. We wouldn't advertise it if they weren't. Uh, we ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. That is the place to be for our show. Uh, any questions you want answered on the show, you want to be a guest, you have questions, comments, concerns, anything about the show, we can get you on here. You don't. If you want to be a guest, you don't have to be um, – in our area, we can do over the phone stuff. We're gonna probably start to do that a little more. I think I really want to because I want to get some more guests on because it helps me out a lot. Um, but like I said, Twitter's the place to go. Follow us on Twelve Ounce from seven to eight. Listen to us tomorrow on Twelve Ounce from seven to eight a.m. on your commute. Uh, find us on YouTube too if you don't have uh, iTunes. YouTube's a great place to go. Just search our channel TNT Sports Talk. We're right there. Check the green logo. Other than that, though, have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. We'll give more updates on Chad Kelly. We'll give more updates on everything going on in the World Series, stuff like that, and even more. And we'll give our Week 8 game picks for the NFL season. Uh, other than that, though, have a great day, like I said, and tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.